hey again it's just feels like it's been forever and a day since i've recorded this and i'm actually um out on the porch right now and it's about to rain so i'm hoping to give you um some reading time also with some badass rain sounds in the background so we'll see how that goes um I just I don't even know how I got out of the habit of reading again but I need to be more consistent and was feeling like I could really benefit from diving back into um this lucid dreaming workbook again um especially after the dream I had last night about Tony. I actually called him earlier and and told him about it, and he just laughed. <laughs> so I know it was like really odd thing to dream about, but it was, you know, very vivid to say the least. But anyway, so um, today I'm going to be reading from chapter 3 of the Lucid Dreaming Workbook. And um, this is titled um, with a focus on mental, physical, and spiritual benefits of lucid dreaming. <clears throat> The entertainment value, or vagus part of lucid dreaming, is worth the dedicated effort that is the price of admission. Lucid dreaming is better than going to an IMAX theater, more fun than a 3D Cinemax, more captivating than virtual reality. Some lucid dreaming aficionados look down on this and hardly consider it a benefit. But entertainment has its place. Do you need a brief vacation on the beach but just can't afford it? Lucid dreaming provides the ticket. If you are affected by a disability, you can be free of it in a lucid dream. Paraplegics can run and dance. The blind can see and the hearing impaired can enjoy music again. Lucid dreaming can be a form of time travel. The old can return to their youth. If you're imprisoned or confined in any way, a lucid dream can set you free. You can transcend any physical limitation in your dreams. The haunting documentary Unrest chronicles the devastating effects of myalgic encephalomyelitis, or ME, a condition better known as a chronic fatigue syndrome, or CFS. The film depicts a woman confined to bed rest virtually 24-7 for many years. Even sitting up in bed caused overwhelming fatigue. She remarked that the only way she could endure her ex extreme confines was by escaping into her mind. Such a patient could be a prime candidate for the benefits of lucid dreaming. The shadow side of entertainment and escape is, of course, escapism. But I don't know a single lucid dream junkie in this negative sense. Most of the dreamers I know enjoy the freedom of these magical dreams, but also appreciate the higher opportunities. When you first heard about lucid dreaming, how much of this entertainment aspect appealed to you? Is this one of the main reasons you're interested in lucid dreaming? I know for me, that's not so much my um, 
one of the primary reasons why I was interested in lucid dreaming. Um, I think for me that's just kind of like an extra perk. But that's just me. Alright, so moving on to the section called Rehearsal. Lucid dreams are frequently used to rehearse things, like a presentation or a performance, so you can use them to develop proficiency, increase confidence, and reduce anxiety. Anything you can do in life, you can do in a lucid dream. As a pianist, I have practiced entire piano pieces in my lucid dreams and rehearsal and rehearsed talks. I'll enter the practice room or auditorium of my dreams and go to work. A YouTube clip about a gifted German lucid dreamer reveals the legitimacy of this claim. The dreamer refines his swimming skills and his ability to play the ukulele by rehearsing these tasks in his dreams. The great pianist Arthur Rubinstein could mentally practice a composition and then perform it without further physical rehearsal. He learned the piece purely in his mind without ever touching the piano. Skiers would often be seen before a competition, racing through the gates in their mind, weaving their heads back and forth in a mental simulation of the course. Research has shown that the virtual reality of a dream is more effective than the conscious, directed imagination in creating neural connections in the absence of actual physical movement. If you don't have enough hours in, in the day to fine-tune your golf swing, practice your guitar, or prepare for that presentation, you can add a night shift to your life by becoming lucid in your dreams. Is there something you want to get better at? Write it down and make the aspiration to become lucid in your dreams so you can practice this activity. And now you can complete the little portion where it says, I want to become lucid so that I can become better at blank. And you can fill in the blank. And now moving on to the section titled Conflict Resolution. If you're in counseling or therapy and working to resolve an interpersonal issue, the person you're having the problem with doesn't have to be there physically for you to resolve the issue. They need only to be there phenomenally in your mind. You can work out the problem with your therapist by engaging in role play, creating imaginary scenarios, or using a host of other proven methods, none of which involve the physical presence of the problematic person. In a lucid dream, the person you're having some difficulty with isn't in your dream physically, but they do appear to you. That's enough because the physical body of the person is rarely the problem. The problem is how we relate to that body or to that person, and relationship tangles can be cleared up in a lucid dream. People use lucid dreams in this therapeutic way, working out issues just as effectively as the therapy they've engaged with in daily life. As in real life therapy, this level of dream work is not always easy or pleasant, but it can be just as successful. If you're working with a therapist trained in traditional dream work, lucid dream therapy can be a viable supplement. Researchers at the Max Planck Institutes discovered that the anterior prefrontal cortex, 
the part of the brain involved in self-reflection is significantly larger in frequent lucid dreamers. This suggests that lucid dreamers are exercising a level of awareness that can be measured, an awareness that is at the heart of many of those, these benefits. Are you struggling with an interpersonal issue? If so, make the aspiration that you want to resolve this issue in your dreams. Be specific in writing down what you want to clean up. Sometimes this aspiration will come to fruition in a non-lucid dream, delivering insights into how you could work with a situation. At other times, your intention to resolve this issue in your dreams will trigger a lucid dream, which is even more fruitful. And so now if you'd like, you can go ahead and take a moment and complete um, that portion of the exercise and while you are working on that I'm going to make myself comfortable here in the hammock um, I was just seated on one of the chairs um, on the porch because I thought it was going to rain um, there was lots of thundering <laughs> going on but I think it's just a cloud passing over but anyway now we're going to move on working with grief in a similar vein you can clear up unfinished interpersonal issues with others even those who have died death is the end of a body but it's not the end of a relationship it's common to have dreams about people who have died recently or even long before, especially if they were close to you. As we'll see in Chapter 6, becoming sensitized to the presence of a deceased person in your dreams is a potent way to induce lucidity by working with dream signs. Things that can occur only in the context of your dreams and can clue you into the fact that you're dreaming. For example, if your dead father appears to you alive and functioning, you are dreaming. You can use his presence as a sign that you must be dreaming, so you become lucid. If you had some unresolved issues with your father, you can work through them in your lucid dreams, using the same tenets as for conflict resolution. As challenging as it may initially be, you can also have lucid dreams about an impending death of a loved one, feel that sense of loss, and use this form of anticipatory grief to help you process the real grief. These dreams can also help you realize that you can't take anybody for granted and therefore take steps to invigorate a relationship with a living loved one. Contemplating impermanence is a poignant irony Frame something with the truth of transience, and it brings it more fully into life. This is one reason why rainbows and flowers are so special. They just don't last. You appreciate things more when you know that those things don't endure. Have you had dreams about deceased family or friends? Do these dreams make you feel better or worse? Give it some thought and record your response here. Make the aspiration that the next time you see a deceased loved one in your dream, 
you will become lucid and engage that loved one in conversation. Even if it doesn't work at first, you're starting to plant seeds for future dreams. How does this possible encounter make you feel? If it doesn't feel right for you, release the aspiration and any efforts to bring it about. So if you'd like, you can pause here um, and take a moment to complete those sections. But I'll go ahead and continue reading on to problem solving. Lucid dreaming has been shown to significantly improve problem solving. Problems often remain unsolved because we're too involved with them, too close to the issue. It's like trying to see the inside of your eyelids. You can't see them because you're too close. Intense, all-encompassing involvement is precisely what defines a non-lucid dream. We're too involved with the dream to realize it's just a dream. Lucidity allows us to step back and see things not seen before. This new perspective transforms a non-lucid dream into a lucid one. And the quality of perspective can continue in waking life. It can help us see things that others don't see or that we didn't previously see. One study states, for the insight that leads to lucidity, people also seem to step back from the obvious interpretation and consider a remote and at the time, implausible option, that it is all a dream. The dream researcher Claire Johnson writes, lucid dream creativity likely does not stop when we wake up, but leaves its traces in our waking brain, thereby enhancing our everyday problem-solving skills, artistic courage, and creative thought processes. Have you ever asked your dreams for help with a problem? Was any insight delivered in your dreams? Write down the problem you most want help with and see if by the end of the book some insight comes to you in your non-lucid or lucid dreams. So again, you can go ahead and pause here if you'd like to complete this section of the workbook. But I'm going to move on and read the section titled Creativity. Lucid dreaming is the ultimate simulator. Artists, writers, musicians, and innovators are increasingly using lucid dreaming as a way to enhance their arts and crafts. Whatever you can imagine, you can create in the virtual reality of your dreams. Einstein came up with many of his revolutionary insights by performing thought experiments, visualizing what it might be like to race alongside a photon, for example. Dream experience have even more potential because the simulation is enhanced. On a general level, creative impulses often arise from the unconscious mind, which is like an untapped natural resource. In a lucid dream, you're face to face with the unconscious mind and can therefore tap into its creative potential more directly. Salvador Dalí and Thomas Edison devised similar methods to farm the interface between the dreaming and waking mind. Reclined in a comfortable chair or some variation of the following, 
They would hold a key in one hand, suspended above a plate. As they dozed off, the key would drop onto the plate, waking them up. Dali would then sketch any insights from this brief dip, then repeat the technique. Edison would jot down his innovative ideas. These creative masters captured the richness of their unconscious mind as it burst into conscious awareness. The literature is replete with insights and breakthroughs coming from the dream state. When presented with a problem, we don't say, let me drink on it, or I need to exercise on that one. We say, let me sleep on it. Lucid dreaming makes you a better listener, more sensitive to your dreaming mind, and therefore more likely to tune in to the bed of creativity. The psychoanalyst Janine Shazuget Smirgle writes, the process of creation is accompanied by the capacity to communicate with the most primitive layers of the unconscious. I'm gonna read that again. The process of creation is accompanied by the capacity to communicate with the primitive layers of the unconscious. And Claire Johnson adds, if this capacity to communicate includes the ability to ask the unconscious in the form of dreaming mind directly for creative inspiration, then the lucid dreamer could well have an advantage over the non-lucid dreamer. Both Freud and Jung credit dreams for some of their most seminal ideas. We see it in examples from Paul McCartney's Yesterday to the discovery of the structure of the benzene molecule to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Creative impulses await anyone in the silence of the night. For a rich offering of these anecdotes, see Deirdre Barrett's 2001 The Committee of Sleep, how artists, scientists, and athletes use dreams for creative problem solving, and how you can too. Many of these insights happen spontaneously without direct incubation or effort. But with direct incubation, the creativity latent in the dream world is boundless. Have you ever had creative insights come to you during the night? Not just in your dreams, but even those dreamy states before or after dreaming. If so, write down a few instances when an aha moment came to you during the night. And I'll share with you one of the creative moments I had as I was just starting to drift off to sleep, maybe about a year or so ago, was the idea, um, well, it's been less than a year, um, maybe about six or nine months ago, but it was the idea of, or the vision, I should say, of the tattoo, the memorial tattoo I would like to have in honor of David. I had been thinking for so long, you know, really since he had passed away about what tattoo could really truly honor him and what would that look like and I wasn't even really trying to focus on that specifically that night when I was falling asleep but as I was just starting to drift off I just I saw it in my dream and it was just perfect 
the way that I saw it. But anyway, moving on, um, I did come inside because outside <clears throat> there was just too many background noises that I kept having to edit out. <laughs> it was just taking me way too long, so back inside now in the comfort of the AC. <laughs> And so now moving on to the next section, which is called Crux of the Benefits. One remarkable fact about lucid dreaming and the core of many of its benefits is that the physiological effects in terms of neuronal connections on your brain and your body of the actions you perform in a lucid dream are virtually identical to the neurological effects of doing these actions in real life. Dreaming of doing something is neurologically equivalent to actually doing it. Practicing the piano in your dreams can actually make you a better pianist. If you're working out a logical problem in your dream, the left hemisphere of your brain is activated, just as it would be in daily life. If you play the piano in a lucid dream, your right hemisphere is activated, just as in real life. Your brain can't seem to tell the difference between something real or dreamt. A revolutionary insight in neuroscience was the discovery that the brain is highly malleable or plastic, a quality termed neuroplasticity. What you do with your mind actually changes your brain. As Claire Johnson explains, the imagination can form the brain almost to the same degree as actual experience. So by dreaming about something, you can literally change your brain, what scientists call downward causation. Dream activities are not stuck in the dream world. They download into your brain, which can further download into your life. Think about that. Or better yet, dream about it. body benefits. It's not just your brain that can change with lucid dreaming. You can actually improve the performance of your body. What you do with your dream body has an effect on your physical body. Many people have a physical orgasm when their dream body has an orgasm or wake up with their physical heart pounding when their dream heart was pounding from a nightmare. Dream researcher Daniel Erlacher says, in one experiment, we asked participants to dream about doing deep knee bends. Even though their bodies weren't moving, their heart and respiration rates increased slightly as if they were exercising. A study in the Journal of Sports Science suggests that lucid dreaming can be used to help athletes improve their performance. Lucid dreaming researcher Kelly Bulkley offers four remarkable implications for lucid dreaming. One, it could provide a safe arena in which high-performance athletes can practice dangerous moves and risky routines, developing skills at the furthest edges of their abilities. Two, it could provide injured athletes with an opportunity to continue training and skill building during their rehabilitation. Three, it could enable underprivileged athletes 
to engage in effective practice of their sports even if they have limited access to physical facilities. And four, it could give athletes at all levels a powerful psychological means of focusing their minds for optimal game day performance. Want to get in some extra training or gain an edge on the competition? You don't always have to go back to the gym. You could simply go back to bed. What physical activity would you like to improve? Even though it might it may not happen right away, write down your aspirations and then see if your wishes come true in your dreams and eventually in your life. You can pause to complete that section. Moving on to the next section called healing. The connection between the dream body and the physical body offers the potential for lucid dreaming to be used for healing. In the Eastern view, the outer body is an expression of the inner subtle body which is deeply connected with the dream body. We'll explore this in chapter nine. Eastern medical systems target the subtle body with practices like acupuncture and moxibustion in an effort to heal the gross physical body. In the West, Guided imagery is used to facilitate healing, as in the cancer work of Dr. Carl Simonchen. He reports that patients who supplemented standard chemotherapy and radiation treatments with healing imagery survived on average twice as long as expected. Nowhere is imagery more potent and therefore potentially transformative than in a dream. In other words, the transformative power of the imagination is proportional to how real it feels. And there's nothing more real in terms of the imagination than a vivid dream. Doctors Dennis Dennis Jaffe and David Bressler write, mental imagery mobilizes the latent inner powers of the person which have immense potential to aid in the healing process and in the promotion of health. It's too early to say for sure but preliminary data suggests that you may be able to initiate self-healing by consciously visualizing your dream body as healthy. If you can heal your dream body, to what extent will you also heal your physical body? One doctor published a paper about a patient with a 22-year history of chronic pain who cured himself overnight with a single lucid dream. The psychiatrist Mauro Zapatera says, I'm no expert on lucid dreaming, but the man woke up with no pain. He said it was like his brain had shut down and rebooted. A few days later, he walks into the VA pharmacy and actually returns his medication. To me, that's pretty convincing evidence. If you are struggling with any physical disorders or illnesses, note them here. Pause and visualize that part of your body as completely healed. Now set the intention 
to do the same thing in your dreams. If you have a lucid dream, see that part of your dream body as healthy and whole. Try to heal yourself from the inside out. The next time you have a lucid dream, when you wake up, write down what you experienced when you visualized your dream body as perfectly healthy and whole. So you can take a moment here and complete that. And pause if you'd like to do so. Moving on to the next section called Resolving Nightmares. Lucid dreaming has been shown to remove or greatly reduce nightmares, which afflict up to 85% of the population. In a lucid dream, we can reframe the experience and create different endings to recurrent bad dreams. Nightmares often occur when rejected aspects of our being return to us in the form of monstrous dream figures. Instead of running away from the monster, our default reaction in a non-lucid dream, which keeps the monster alive. In a lucid dream, we can turn around and face the monster with the confidence born out of our lucidity. We can wake up to the fact that it's only our mind, it's only a dream, and we're in control. We do not need to be afraid. By understanding that these scary aspects are simply calling out for healing, we can reintegrate them back into our being and become whole. If you have recurrent nightmares, this reintegration will cause them to stop. The poet Rainer Maria Rilke wrote, perhaps everything that frightens us is, in its deepest essence, something helpless that wants our love. And Stephen Leberge the father of Western lucid dreaming shares this. When you meet a monster in your lucid dream, sincerely greet him like a long lost friend. And this is what he will be. The next time you have a nightmare, of course, something will eventually wake you up from it. If it is not sheer terror, which this does happen, but a sudden insight, hey, this is just a bad dream. Recognize that as a moment of lucidity. We usually use that moment as an eject button to get us out of the dream. As a practice, Try to catch that brief instant of lucidity and instead of waking up and running away from the dream, stay with it. This skill is a bit more advanced, so don't worry if it doesn't happen at first. Even trying it is revelatory. Waking up to the fact that it's just a dream even if it's a scary one, strips the dream of its nightmarish power. Nightmare practice is a part of dream yoga in which a dream yogi will consciously create frightening situations in their lucid dream as a way to work with fear. And now we're working on this exercise titled embracing your nightmares if it feels right for you try this practice the next time you have a nightmare one stay with 
the bad dream. Don't run away. Two, if something is chasing you, turn around and face it. Three, if it's a monster, look it in the eye. Four, if your lucidity is strong, step toward the monster with open arms and embrace it. In short, do the opposite of what you would normally do. Now journal your your experience, describing any difficulties or revelations. Notice whether even just the thought of putting this into practice gives you a new feeling of power. In my experience with this exercise, the monster will disappear or dissolve into me. Either way, I wake up with my heart racing, not from fear, but from the power I feel of having the courage to face my fears and from the resulting sense of resolution. Phobias. If you have an irrational fear of heights, spiders, public speaking, flying, snakes, or any other phobia, you can work with your anxiety in the safety of your dreams. You can conjure up a dream spider and establish a better relationship with the fear. When a dream yogi is in a fearful dream, they celebrate it as an opportunity to transcend fear. As with nightmares, this level of practice is not for everyone. So don't worry if it doesn't resonate with you. We're all different, and the curriculum of this night school is as varied as that of any university. All the nocturnal practices are elective. But is fear elective? Are phobias elective? Are unwanted experiences elective? For those wanting to go deeper into the night, lucid dreaming provides an opportunity to work with these shadowy elements. Describe any phobias here. And so you can pause and complete that. Then set the intention that the next time you experience any of them in a dream, you will relate to that fearful situation, knowing that it's just a dream. This technique is from the family of systematic desensitization therapies, which have been around since the 1950s. After you do this in a lucid dream, Write down what you experienced. Spiritual Benefits The highest levels of lucid dreaming transition into dream yoga and the practices that lead to spiritual insight. The Buddha practiced dream yoga and for the 2,600 years since, these nocturnal meditations have been part of this noble tradition. In both Buddhism and Hinduism, of the three principal states of consciousness, waking, sleeping, and dreaming, the coarsest state, the one with the least potential for spiritual evolution, is the waking state. Henry David Thoreau said, our truest life is when we are in dreams awake. The meditation master Namkai Noru Rinpoche says, it is easier to develop your practices in a dream 
than in the daytime. In the daytime, we are limited by our material body, but in a dream, our function of mind and our consciousness of the senses are unhindered. We can have more clarity, thus there are more possibilities. If a person applies a practice within a dream, the practice is nine times more effective than when it is applying during the waking hours. It can also happen quickly, as Claire Johnson notes. I close my dream eyes. All imagery vanishes and it goes black. Instantly, I am deeply relaxed. It's so much faster than meditation in the waking state. And I marvel at how deep I go within seconds with no back discomfort or sensory distractions. In the Eastern view of reality, you can purify karma in a lucid dream and prevent negative karma from coming to fruition in the waking state. Remember that karma is just another word for habit, which means you can clean up bad habits in your dreams. According to Buddhism, karma often starts to ripen in the subtle dream state before it manifests in the gross waking state, which means it can be purified at this more subtle level. The Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung supported a similar view. Dream yoga expert Alan Wallace says, can karma come to maturation in the dream straight in the dream state? Definitely yes. Dreams can purify karma rather than having it come to full maturation in some waking state. Better to get rid of it in the dream state. In this regard, a sensitive relationship to your dreams can literally save your life because you're working with the blueprints of your experience before they become fully constructed in, ma in manifest reality. Countless stories refer to dreams of premonition or prodromal dreams, dreams that later come true. These dreams often happen just before waking up in the morning, and they can carry extra power. They just feel more important. See the chapter, The Disembodied Woman, in The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat by Oliver Sacks. Or see this haunting video about a recurrent dream that actually predicts a plane crash. Have you had dreams of premonition? Did any of those these dreams actually come true? Do these sorts of psychic dreams excite you or intimidate you? So I know I've told you about a few of my dreams that I've had that um, were kind of, you know, foretelling of the future. And I told you about one of them that actually did come true. Um, to me, I think those are very powerful dreams. Um, I th in the moments it's happened, it, you know, I've learned to kind of listen and plan accordingly so that when that thing does happen, I'm more prepared and less um, negatively affected by what just happened. So moving on to incubated dreams. 
You can also incubate lucid dreams to receive guidance. The ancient Egyptians practiced this, as did the Chinese, Mesopotamians, Greeks, and many wisdom traditions. The literature is full of accounts of people who asked for, and then received, messages and teachings in their dreams. Lucid dream incubation is a bit different because with a lucid dream, you can engage in conscious dialogue with the messenger. Tenzin Palmo, a British nun, spent 12 years in solitary retreat in the Himalayas, often snowed in for months in her cave. She said that this was never a problem because whenever she needed guidance or support, she'd ask for it and get it directly from her dreams. When I was on a three-year retreat of my own, I did the same thing. Sometimes I'd find myself sitting at the feet of one of my teachers, fully lucid, and ask him questions just as I did in waking reality. Whether these teachers were somehow infiltrating my mind or were merely aspects of my own deeper mind, appearing in the form of a teacher doesn't matter. The message is what's important, not the messenger. Have you ever asked for guidance in your dreams? And did you then receive it? If so, did the information come in a regular dream or was the dream lucid? And you can pause there if you'd like to complete that. You can also incubate dreams for others and become a surrogate dreamer. Surrogate dreaming is a common practice in shamanic traditions and frequently employed in Tibetan Buddhism. Meditation masters like the Dalai Lama are frequently asked to help locate the reincarnation of another spiritual master. See the documentary Unmistaken Child. The meditation master then sleeps on it and within a few days has a dream about where to find the reincarnated teacher. I have never actively incubated dreams for others, but I have received such, such dreams spontaneously. Some of these dreams were lucid, others were not. When I have had the courage to share these dreams with the people for whom they were intended, the information from the dream was always helpful. I felt like a courier of sorts, delivering messages to their rightful destination. Anybody who believes in the power of dreams or is open to the possibility can engage in surrogate dreaming. Dreams to die for. Finally, one can use the darkness of the night to prepare for the darkness of death. According to a number of wisdom traditions, sleeping, dreaming, and dying are intimately connected. In Greek mythology, Hypnos, the god of sleep, and Thanatos, the god of death, are not just brothers, they are twins. In Buddhism, dream yoga came about principally as a way to prepare for death. Bardo yoga in the Tibetan tradition, which helps one prepare for the dream at the end of time works with lucid dreaming extensively. The Tibetans also say that certain dreams may portend 
illness, and death. When you realize that there is a disembodied or non-physical dimension of reality, the dream state, which can be as real as or even more real than your experience of the physical waking state, it suggests that experience might continue without a gross physical body. With lucid dreaming, you can learn to disidentify with, let go of, or die to your physical body and learn to identify with a more subtle body. According to many spiritual traditions, this subtle body transcends physical death. The Mexican healer Sergio Magaña writes, You will know when you have overcome your fear of death when you start lucid dreaming regularly because that is like dying. In the last year of her life, one woman reported having 160 lucid dreams and said, these dreams teach me to die. Have you ever felt that falling asleep is a bit like resting in peace or dying? Does this thought spook you? Or does it give you some hope that you could actually use sleep and dreams as a way to prepare for the dream at the end of time? In the curriculum of our night school, these more advanced practices are like graduate school. They're not for everybody but they do point out the incredible potential of our dreams and just how far these nocturnal practices can take you. So now I'm going to move on and read the question, questions and answers section. Does lucid dreaming interfere with creative impulses? Isn't it better to just let the unconscious mind play out in our dreams without conscious manipulation? Lucid dreaming manipulates the dream only if you choose to do so. A witness lucid dream is when you're fully lucid in the dream, but elect to just watch. You witness the unfolding of the dream like you're witnessing a movie without changing a thing. While I find these benefits quite inspiring me, quite inspiring, part of me also finds them a bit intimidating. I can't even have a lucid dream, let alone do these amazing things in them. Do people really do these things? Yes, they most certainly do. We all have that capacity. The vast potential of the human mind is largely untapped. At this point, let these remarkable benefits inspire you. As with any other new discipline, it takes some time to master these activities. So be patient and let things develop in their own way. Even when you do progress in lucid dreaming, it's not like you do every one of these things mentioned in this chapter. You could, but people usually end up playing around with several of these exercises in their lucid dreams and don't tie themselves into knots trying to do everything. A key to success is enjoying what you do, delighting in the small achievements, and marveling at even the briefest moments of lucidity. The rest will unfold in its own time, so relax, flip through this catalog of possibilities, and just enjoy the ride. And I don't have time for, to read the last one. Um, this only lets me do 60 minutes of recording. And I only have about 15 seconds left. So um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this chapter as much as I did. And feel free to talk to me about it later if you'd like to. 
and I hope you have sweet dreams. Thank you.